Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Still the most special guest there ever was on the pop. My just goodness. Surely the specialist. Yep, that's me. I'm special. I'm just <laughs> I'm deciding that if I lean into your special guest status, then you won't harp on it too heavily, and then maybe it'll just sort of like fall in and that's like what it'll be. Oh, is that and, what you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like I see what strategy you're going for. But, right. Like yeah. it's like you when you appease somebody, then there's no more tension. And right. when there's no tension, right. motivation is dropped. You can't make fun of someone if they agree with you. Exactly. It's no fun. No, it's no fun at all. It's no fun at all. <laughs> This was learning to laugh at yourself in like grade school, middle school, high school, mm-hmm. any moment like where you had like that person in class who was making fun of you for something. The sooner you were able to learn how to roll with it and be like a part of the laughter instead of like yeah. like like internalizing it, which is hard. Oh, yeah. Sp- what you're asking is basically impossible. It is basically impossible. <laughs> like it's it is the most obvious and easy advice, but the execution, because it, especially if somebody like hits one of those things that you're like particularly self-conscious about. Oh, and let me tell you, no one in the world is better than middle schoolers and high schoolers at looking at you and assessing your exact weakness. Yes. In yes. the most with like visceral sur- terms. With surgical precision. With surgical. It is scary. It is scary. It is it is remarkable. Like I think, I don't know if it is the case. And maybe it was the high school we went to, which only had like maybe 800 students. So like you, it, it's pretty remarkable how quickly you pretty much know all 200 people in your grade. Sure. For the most part. I mean, there are people probably that you had had fewer conversations with. But for me, I could have like, if you gave me like flashcards, at least while I was in high school, yeah. I could have named every single person right. in my class. Not now. You'd miss a few. N- I would definitely miss <laughs> a few now. There, Yes, there have been occasions where I, my friends have been like, hey, you remember this person from high school? And I'm like, literally not at all. Like, <laughs> So apo- apologies if you went to high school with me and you think there's even a, a shred of doubt that do, I, I had forgotten you. Do, you. do you have people who attended our high school who you would hear other people constantly talk about but who you had never met or seen or had no idea who it was there were yes there were occasions where like that type that like that person existed where everybody would yeah exactly what you said everybody would always be talking about them or like friends that we knew would be like oh yeah like this person we went and did this thing i feel like there was somebody that gma members mike and john were friends with named like michael kluge michael kluge exactly who i was thinking of shout out to the klugs no idea who you are Fred. <laughs> no idea i know that our two best friends talked about you a lot. Who you are? I don't know. It was this bizarre thing where I don't know what was happening because it was like, for all I know, Michael Kluge was literally John and Mike's other best friend. And it seemed like if they weren't hanging out with us, they were hanging out with the Klugs. (laughs) And it was like, what is happening that these wires are literally never crossing? How do we never, how do I not know who, what this even person looks like? Yeah. 
Yeah. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I know who he is. I couldn't, I just haven't actually spoken to him. Right. Like if he walked through the door right now, <laughs> I would be like, he could, he could lie to me about his name and I couldn't like call him on it, you know? Oh, sure, sure, you sure. Know, I'd be like, that's your name. Yeah. I'm I, Philip I, I Dunshire. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be like, that sounds made up. I'd be like, what's up? Nice to meet you, Philip. I'm a big fan of the lamplighter. The lamplighter? Yeah. What's what's the lamplighter? From the cones of Dunshire. Oh, man, I have done this twice in two weeks. Wow. Apparently Dunshire is like the word I'm going to for made up names. Do you, okay, let me ask you this. Do you have a go-to made up name for yourself? Oh. And like a, like an alias, if, you, if you're like at a party or something and you're just like, well, maybe I'll be someone else tonight. I'll be, a, I'm gonna be a different person. Right. It's a weird skin, yeah. like not using your own name. I don't think so. Mm. I feel like the GMA did have this, it seemed like for a little while, or, or at the very least, maybe John Jennings was always Peter. <laughs> I do, now that you say it, that for some reason rings a bell in my mind. I don't know why we, I don't think I ever called him that though. I think, I think what it was, is there was this one night that we were at Mill Mountain Coffee. <clears throat> the four of us were like yeah. hanging out and like an infomercial person like came over to the table and started- Multi-level marketing person. A multi-level marketing person like yeah. came over to our table and started pitching us on this idea, most unusual way that this has ever come up before. Right. Like, it was it was not like a meeting. It wasn't a planned event. It wasn't like a, you know. Oh. It was like we just happened to be there drinking our espresso milkshakes. Yeah. And this, this person comes over. And we talked to them for Ugh. an hour. Be I mean, because that's how they, they're like, try and rope you in. And they, like, will sit there and pitch you. Oh, my gosh. Nothing makes me more upset than multi-level marketing scams. Which really? is all of them. We, uh, was, which okay. is all of them. If you're like, no, but this one's different. It's not. It is not. They're all scams. You're getting scammed. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You're passionate about this. Dude, they are destructive and toxic forces that, like, ruin people's lives. They are not cool. They benefit, like, one or two people on top, and they are just, ugh, they make me so mad. I don't like them. Man, yeah. this feels like strong opinions about things that maybe kind of matter. This is strong opinions about things that matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do not get sucked in. Do, if your friend is like, oh, yeah, I, I buy my products. And you're like, I just thought I'd help them out. Believe you me, you are not helping them out by buying those products. You are helping them out by being like, dude, stop. This is like, you have got to get out. This is not good. I can tell you that the only instance that I, I had someone who was a former aquarium customer of mine and they were uh, like circa the same age. So like kind of exiting college around the same time. And I remember he started selling those, I think that's called Cutco knives. Uh -huh. They're like, you go like door to door selling like a really nice kitchen knife. Yeah. And I, I do remember that he called me one night and, and he did, he immediately used the like, Ben, I have an opportunity for you. Oh gosh. And I was like, let me stop you right there. Barf. I, I actually do. I remember this conversation and it stuck with me in such a strange way. I was driving down Starkey Road when I had it. Like I can go back you to the moment. There. Yes. I remember like having this compulsion or sense of responsibility where it was almost like I was able to recognize exactly like what was happening in terms of like, you know, oh, he's trying to sell me on becoming one of the people inside of this multi-level marketing scheme or whatever. Maybe he also knew that as well, but I feel like I put it on my shoulders to be like, to almost have like an intervention with this person on the phone while they were trying to ask me to do it. And I was like, that is what you should do. Appropriate <laughs> response. You did the right thing. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm I glad approve. because I, I think literally, I think the, the exact words that I said is not only am I not going to do it, but I also think you should stop doing it. 
<laughs> yes. Accurate. Oh, man. Accurate. But I always felt bad about that, you know? Like, that was like this rare moment in my life where I... Uh, helped a person. Helped a person, yes. Yeah. I never help people ever. <laughs> nope. As long as there's nothing in it for me, there's nothing in it for them. <laughs> Does that make sense? Maybe not. That's also not true of my personality at all. No, it was, I don't know. I just thought it was strange because I, I, I realistically, I don't know the extent to which someone's position inside of one of these things is like endangering their livelihood. Like I don't, I just don't know that much about it because I've never really gotten that close to it. The biggest thing I've ever observed is that most people that I know that get into them do not stay in, like inside of them for very long at all. Like it seems like you, you see somebody and they'll be like, Hey friends, want to have a party and come over and try out this new whatever and then it's like you know three months later or whatever you like check their facebook page again or something and they're like just started the new job at somewhere else right better income inc sure yeah other than that i believe that one of our friends bought into like a power bar scheme oh, or something yeah, once right. upon a yeah, time yeah we don't want your power bars don't want your makeup or your essential oils or your knives or your leggings whatever it is whatever it is well so anyway this this particular friend of ours that got into it he uh i believe that like there ended up being like a class action lawsuit of course there was and what he received in exchange for having like bought in to the <clears throat> the program or whatever was like a huge stack of these like protein bars right. and energy drinks like they like i don't know if like they just had tons of product and no cash left after this lawsuit but literally i think they called him and they were like we could either send you 75 dollars or like four crates of our mega oatmeal crunch right you know protein bars and some grape fizzy electrolyte sunshine rainbow cans yeah, or something right so he went with that and with i that. and i feel like every time i would go over there i was actually helping him dig a pond at the time and that was usually our our nourishment that throughout the day nourishment. it was like it was like man should we get some of those uh some of those protein bars yeah, I and got these like four giant boxes of this stuff right i've been, I've been digging earth for hours <laughs> yeah yeah by hand actually it was exhausting yeah does it bother you now that like how much faster would that have gone if you had like rented some sort of digger when you were digging that pond oh going to the pond yeah I, uh, yeah, yeah yeah sorry okay so i i, I had lost i had lost your sorry. uh new new track ben's digging a pond with our bud Whoa! by hand by hand if i recall this took roughly three weekend mornings worth of your time where you would wake up at about 6a 6a and go over there and start just digging straight down into the center of the earth. Yeah. It's, until it, the sun came up. Until the sun came up. This was like one of those weird things where my whole life, I've always liked digging holes. Mm -hmm. Like even the book holes where yeah. they like, that was like what they had to do every day. I was kind of like, sounds like a great camp to me. Like, <laughs> like, like sign punishment. I know. I mean, where? I feel like your hands would get really strong. You probably get some fantastic traps and back muscles. Like, Dude, oh, that is, that is the most unrealistic thing about the movie Holes is that all the kids are real scrawny and it's like, I am afraid not, friend. Oh, yeah. If you were digging a five foot by five foot hole on the daily you would be jacked oh my gosh yes i i remember there was a so uh, yes following up it, it would have gone we could have done it in like two and a half hours with a digger mm. is the answer to the question right. would have cost like 300 bucks to rent it we had a truck we could have even moved it wouldn't have been a problem but it was it was like such a bonding experience this is such a thing about doing projects like that where there's like literal blood sweat tears that go into it mm -hmm. is that like it it like to this day is probably the most significant like memory that me and that friend have together where right. it's like this just really big project that we spend so much of our time thinking about doing executing right and it's still a really cool 
koi bond to this yeah. day. So they have maintained it. They have maintained it. Yeah. Oh, so I remember though there was a period of time. Speaking of digging holes, where our mom works for the Loki local SPCA. Yeah. And occasionally there's this kind of sad thing that happens where one of the pets like you know will pass away right and they actually have like a cemetery that uh like a local donor had given as like a place for pets to go and like actually you could actually go and bury your pet there if you chose to and it would be like a local just pet cemetery and mom did not know who to get to dig the holes for the graves oh so i see where this is going and so she was like ben you like to dig holes (laughs) So, Do I have a job for you? Yes. So there was this like period of time where it was just like in the back of my truck, I just had all of my digging tools, which was all hand-based right. digging tools. Mm-hmm. And I was just constantly going out and digging holes in the pet cemetery. And goodness gracious, I was getting like ripped from mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. I remember one day I had a friend come and help me. And I there like was I was sweating profusely because it was like a 90 degree day, two o'clock in the afternoon. So I took my shirt off and my friend was just literally like, good golly God like what happened to you and i was like i don't know and it was like this thing that had happened sort of secondary to me realizing it right but apparently i had gotten like very in shape there you go through the process of just digging yeah well i i always think of hole digging as muscle building uh because of the show survivor and I okay believe, yeah you i believe have watched through a good portion of the show I have seen from like season 24 to like maybe season 36. Okay. So okay. somewhere in there. So yeah. I don't know. Did you ever come across James? I don't. You would, you would remember. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Well, he probably comes on the show three times or so. I think between like probably seasons 15 and 23 then. Okay. Gotcha. And, and his profession is as a grave digger. A like, manual like grave a digger. Like a manual grave digger. I'm not sure what cemetery he works at, but oh my gosh, I've never seen like a bigger person. Oh, really? I mean, just enormous, enormous. He's also, I don't want to like spoil it. I'm going to spoil it for you. Famously uh, was voted out with two idols in his pocket. Oh! Uh, felt so confident. Back stabbed. Anyway, sorry, James. That's a bummer. In case you're listening, James out there, we're very impressed with your physique though. Great work on digging holes. Dude. Really great work, man. Yeah. Yeah. And on Survivor. But. And on, yeah, well, that too. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. That too. But yeah, I don't know. Digging holes, strange thing. Do you remember actually the time that we were kids and we went out into the front, the, the garden, I guess. It was, it was in our backyard. I almost yeah. said front yard. And we just started digging this hole in this garden and... It was kind of like something that I feel like we spent like maybe two to three days doing. It never got really deeper than like maybe a five gallon bucket. But okay. for, you know, I think Mew and I were like maybe six and eight at the time or something. So we didn't have a whole lot of muscles, right. you know, to, to back us up. I remember first off that we were digging and the thing that I was convinced we were going to find was the vault that contained all of the actual Star Wars items that ever existed. Wow. That's yes. quite some headcanon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, like, we don't know what's underneath this earth. And there is a strong possibility it's lightsabers. <laughs> what reasoning from a six-year-old? What reasoning? But like, yeah. I feel like we were so into Star Wars and... We were. I feel like I remember, and I don't know if you'd remember this or not. We were laying in bed one night after we started digging this hole and we were like 
claiming the things that we were going to keep when we found them. We were, this was a particular pastime of us as kids. I don't know if you continue your story. Oh, but. all I remember is literally like we had, you and I shared a bedroom at, uh, still at this point in our lives. And I feel like I remember laying there at night and being like, man, Millennium Falcon dibs. And it was like, you know, it was like as if literally inside of this vault was going to be the actual Millennium Falcon. And because the I had just called one. dibs, like <laughs> I get to have get it to now. Have it. And so it was like, you know, you had to like think of literally every single potential object from the Star Wars universe. Right. And we needed to lay dibs so that when we found it, we there knew who got what. Right, there wouldn't be bickering. Or right, anything. right. And I, like, I th- well, we determined it. You know, we had a contract. And, we had uh, a contract. Yeah, we took our turn. So yeah. it was like, you know, I get Luke's green lightsaber. You get his blue lightsaber. Yeah. Like Ferris hair exactly yeah exactly this i remember this particular form of dibsing things where we would like rotate around in a circle like dibs on things not owned yet oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dibs on things not owned yet dibs but like when opportunity owned. was available i have called have called the dibs. dibs yeah right i remember i think we, i know this was just the sort of behavior we we would partake in all the time i remember one time we were driving back i think from new york and for some reason somehow we had acquired this giant chart of all existing in production Beanie Babies, which of course, as a child of the 90s, we were into. <laughs> Obviously. And it was like Obviously. the activity on the way home was that we were just, me and you and Ty were passing it around and it was like, you would just circle like, okay, when the opportunity comes, because we'll obviously own all of these at some point, I'm dibsing. This is the, I get this one. Yeah. Do you no, remember this? I do remember this. <laughs> I do remember this. I'm this so is, glad this wasn't just like some stupid thing I remembered. No, no, no. no. Okay. This is, this was such a, it was such a thing. Like the, the like attachment to the Beanie Babies was like massive, massive. Like right. I have so many memories attached to my like ongoing obsession with my collection of them. Yeah. Which I think we talked about this on, on the pop before, but once upon a time, our dad found like a box of like his child childhood Hot Wheels toys. And as like a news broadcaster, when eBay was like becoming a thing, yeah. he sold like five of them online for like $900 and he used the money to buy our family canoe. A canoe. Which we still have, the Winona. Um, the Ben did not almost totally wreck on a trip I down did, the river. I did wreck all the sleeping bags. Yeah. yeah, they all went in the water and weighed like 400 pounds mm-hmm. once they were sopping wet. I think that number goes up every time I tell this story. So... At this exact same period of time, Beanie Babies are becoming like this massive, like global phenomenon. Right. And the whole thing is like almost, I, I, I would almost, almost argue if you were to go into like the Thai Beanie Baby story, there is almost like an article that came out that said that these things were going to be super valuable and like it caught fire that led to the entire Beanie Baby craze. Oh, what it, I, I, my guess, my theory on this exact thing, because yeah, is that uh, eBay became a thing. Yeah, well, so maybe that's it. Simultaneously, all of a sudden collectibles. Right. So uh, at once, eBay came into existence and everyone who had collectibles or who was in search of collectibles could suddenly buy them. And like, finally, even like if you were, if you had been a kid and were like, I'm saving this because one day I'm going to sell it. The problem is up until eBay, your odds of finding a purchaser were so limited. Right. Like who are you going to sell it to? Who are you going to sell it to? Rocky Mount, Virginia. Right. Yeah. You got to either, you got to be going to a convention, which means travel and paying for the booth, which means whatever you're selling has got to be worth more than all of the cost of selling it. 
right which is not high or which is which is probably high so finally collectibles had the value they had been assigned and people were cashing in on it and people were starting to wonder what is the collectible right now? this is my theory yeah. what is what is the hot collectible right now and the answer was beanie babies and there was this like weird mix and everyone was like gotta get all the beanie babies because they're gonna be worth something which of course because everyone thought that now they're not now they're not yeah now it's like you go on ebay and it's like buy like a 200 lot for like yeah. you know $100 and it's yeah. like please get this out of my basement because it's taking up my rubbermaid space it felt like the act of collecting beanie babies for the sake of selling them later really ruined the fun of beanie babies because See, everyone we had had this like horrible plastic heart shaped you know they, what i'm talking about like were, plastic container around the tag because the tag is what you had to keep in the, the tag needed to be in yeah. mint condition mint. yes like i actually i remember like one of the big things that happened was before the tie beanie baby craze uh tyler one year our younger brother in his stocking because like the little tag said tie yeah i think mom and dad were like oh that's so perfect like let's get him this small the small uh like tie-dyed bear yeah and it was like the garcia bear which oh. i think like ended up being one of the like sort of perceived high value ones right but tyler treated it the way that you should treat toys in that it was an actual teddy bear for him so like you know he carried it with him everywhere and it was like as you would expect for any child's toy disgusting yeah over a period of time the tag was long gone (laughs) like disintegrated yeah um but yeah i remember that there was always this like i would like stare at this bear sometimes and just be like we lost all the value. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you as like a eight year old child are just like lamenting and like yes. being like stressing out over the lost perceived value oh. of future Garcia bear. Tr- genuinely <laughs> preoccupied by this. Like I think right. it, it like kept me awake at night Gosh. because it was just like, no, no. Um, But like, you know, so many things. I think we had all these like bizarre memories attached to these Thai Beanie Baby Bears. Like I remember the, the very first thing that we ever bought, and this was another one for me, on eBay was like our whole family had this like little computer room at the top of the stairs with the pink carpet. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the spot? We <laughs> lived there for 10 years. Do I remember the pink carpet Yeah. the old house? It was like bubblegum pink, literally. It was, yes. Yeah. It was a bold choice by somebody at some point. <laughs> some I don't think that was our parents. I think they inherited the pink carpet. Though, to be fair, they never changed it. Well, they did take it off the stairs. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The stairs yes, yes. also used to be hot pink. Hot pink. So we're into, we're into the media because at this point, eBay's a thing. And I remember one night mom and dad are like on board with the idea of like bidding on the, the Canada bear. I think its name is Maple. Oh yeah. You think, you know, for sure. Okay. I know for sure. <laughs> Like, let me just yeah i'm gonna throw i'm gonna lob it out there you know i mean maybe yeah. it's called maple who knows was it pro- that's a good canada word probably for a bear yeah so anyway mom and dad end up like uh, it was uh, i feel like it was nearing christmas or something so it was this thing so like we're all bidding on it it's like this total thing or whatever and they ultimately won it and they gave it to me for christmas i think they paid like 75 dollars for it like My goodness they like went for it i feel like it was it was unusual i i recall <laughs> as kids canada was like this magical place <laughs> <laughs> to, to what? i don't know why i'm laughing <laughs> 
<laughs> but because our dad would like go on these fishing trips. Yes. And it was just like going to Canada. And like that's all. I, I knew nothing about Canada except that dad went on fishing trips there and that their, their flag was red with a maple leaf. But I knew literally nothing about it other than that. It's a really cool flag. Yeah. It's yeah. a good flag. It's a very good flag. Yeah. It's on the Beanie Baby maple. Yes. <laughs> and so I think we were just like. Yeah, Canada. Everything about Canada is great. And this is the Canada tie-dye, tie beanie baby. Bear? Gotta have it. It's so true. It's not, I don't think I could have realized this thought until like going back, but I feel like at some point in time there became like, like How I Met Your Mother makes such jokes about Canada. Right. But like, I feel like whenever this, like, you know, I would feel like generally lighthearted joking that is directed at Canada started happening. I feel like I was caught off guard by it. Like, why would we make fun of Canada? (laughs) You guys know our dad goes on fishing trips there, right? Like, like like three times. Yeah. Like, okay. He he flew in on a seaplane. <laughs> like the things attached to these fishing trips were like literally yeah it, it was like this is what you do when you become an adult you fly to yeah. canada and you see a moose and you, you jump in the really new around the wilderness <clears throat> yes you you like portage like you carry it with like all of your gear you like yeah jump into freezing cold water you catch all the northern pikes yeah yeah there was like the, this is just what the future is made of this is what this is what it's all about but so anyway we got maple and I believe to this day is still worth nothing. I think mom and dad probably bought it at like its premium price. That's the thing is that if you were really savvy, you were selling those beanie babies at the time. Exactly. It's like the exact opposite of any investment where normally the idea is to like, you know, wait and let it like, you know, yeah, gain value over the course of your life. I'm going to go on eBay right now. You're going to figure go- out what the going rate for a maple Thai beanie baby is. Okay, let's do it. Okay. See, this is the maple. other thing too, though, because I feel like Hi. there there became this entire like BuzzFeed thing that started happening where they were like, 10 of your childhood toys that might be worth a fortune today. Uh, that's my Buzzy B voice. That's your Buzzy B voice. But Whoa. here is the thing about eBay assigning values to things is that like I would be willing to bet that if you looked it up, it might say like $8,999 mm. for this Thai maple beanie baby bear. But it's like no one ever buys it. It's like someone is attempting to give value to a product by right. selling it for such an absurd price. So the thing that's actually coming up is this like mini bear rather than the big bear. Is it the one from McDonald's? Remember when yeah, they were Happy the Meal Ronald toys? McDonald's yeah, in the kids. That's the one that's coming up. I found one out of the box one that looks like five dollars. And indeed, someone's trying to sell a uh, packaged tiny bear for three thousand. Yes, uh, they ain't gonna get. They ain't gonna get. Yeah, uh, I hope not. I hope so not. this is this is the thing that happened. Yeah, is that like they're they're literally worth nothing. There's no one out there that like that I'm aware of. I actually I would want to know. Is there anyone in the listening audience that is like actively still collecting Thai Beanie Babies? Well, it felt like when they came out, there was there was like a, like a there was like a first set or something where there was like you could. There, there maybe like 60 different ones existed. Right. Like different, you know, animals you could get. And nowadays, the number of products produced by like the TY. Bear company. Bear, whatever it is, is bazillions. Oh yeah, it, and that's the thing. Like this is, this is the phenomenon that happened is that like going through like the 50s, 60s or whatever, when they started like, you know, making toys, they were still not quite at the point where they were like being mass produced. Yeah. So there were like some of them, which right. meant that that like if they survived because 
tons of kids played, you know, bought them, played with them, treated yeah. them as toys. But occasionally there was that person who must have just like kept it in the box in their attic forever. And then the n- the nostalgia value was massive because maybe they made maybe they made five thousand of them, mm-hmm. but there's like. 10 of them left in the world still in the box that makes it valuable because it's like whoa there's still like something made in the 1950s that there weren't that many of and there's still a new one right fast forward to the tie beanie baber beanie beanie babers the beanie baber company the beanie babers i'm sticking with it yeah yeah like i think i think that this is the story that came out though is that once upon a time they were creating the tie beanie babies in like a garage and they were like you know hand sewn and like all this stuff and like there was something really special because they were like this is that accurate or are you just imagining it i think it's accurate i'm 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 maybe i'm imagining Mm -hmm. some version of it okay but i I don't know that i'm completely wrong stick with me okay (laughs) this is the kind of host you get here is memory-ish kind of information. Right. I believe what happened was all of the Bean Babies that were made inside of like that garage are genuinely valuable because they are like the artifacts that ultimately went on to create what everybody else knows as this huge commercialized success as this like perceived hyper collectible plush toy right and um so the the ones that like that continue to exist as the ignition point for that that have those imperfections that make it like that much more perfect somehow Mm -hmm. you know like that is what i think goes on to this day to be like the actual collectibles i see yeah yeah of the world that's the thing yeah misprints on early things are make for great really valuable things oh i have always thought this was fascinating yeah like the the mistake are what make things valuable because there are so few that may have had mistakes. Exactly. And this was something, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but like when we collected Hot Wheels, you know, you were looking for a different set of wheels on like a specific car. I always didn't, I when okay so yeah we used to collect first edition hot wheels and every year they'd be like these are the 1997 first editions and they'd be like you know 43 different ones or whatever right and every now and then you could find like number 21 you could like look at two identical blister packs and you know they would have the same car but different wheels yes <laughs> and it was all interesting because i never perceived those as mistakes it seemed to me like hot wheels was purposefully printing or like produce not printing they're printing cars Maybe they are. I don't know. Um, They were like purposefully putting out the common one and the rare one into the world because we would have like printouts that would be like, okay, this is this is the car and these are the variables available. It wasn't like they were known. Right. You know, that was the bizarre thing about it. So, yeah, you could have a Hot Wheels car that had like a five spoke wheel or like a star pattern. And you're exactly right. I remember we, we literally would have like these sheets that we would keep next to like the board that we would drop all the Hot Wheels into. And we would like highlight as we found things. Man, but we then were cool. We were so cool. And like we would go to Walmart and I have no idea how mom and dad were so patient with this thing that would happen. But like every time we went to Walmart or the store, like we would have to go through every single rack and it would be like, okay, this is the number one, 21 car from the 1997 first edition. Oh, but it's a five spoke. Okay. We don't want that one. Already got and, like, that one. We already got that one. Mm-hmm. But like it made it so fun every time you found. Oh yeah. One of the things. And we found a lot of them. A so like lot. if you see our Hot Wheels wall in our basement, at our parents' house, like you could find like, you know, we have four number three cars because they all had slightly different 
different little details about them. Yeah. And I feel like one of them, you know, is worth like $7 and the other ones are like literally worth less than what you paid. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, speaking of old Hot Wheels collectibles, I went, maybe I've already talked about this on the pop, but, uh, you know, mom and dad have done that total parent thing where they try and offload all of your old stuff to you as an adult. Yes. Yeah, yes. so I've just got, like, boxes of old, like, toys from our childhood in our basement, including all of our Beanie Babies, in case you want to go through memory lane. Oh, is yeah. the Princess Die Bear still in there? Probably. Purple with a little flower, maybe? I don't know. Mom might have kept that one. That was always her favorite. I know. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, I haven't really opened it to go, I'm a this is like I uh, I always have this problem. I'm like, hey, it might be fun to go like look at all these things, but I can one, it's hard to move around in this storage room of mine. But two, I am petrified that my son Luke is going to find this giant box of stuffed animals. Oh yes, of, of like plush Beanie Baby toys, and is going to like all of a sudden that's it. You know, there's no putting them back in the box after that. <laughs> you I'm just going to have put them back in the box. Oh, I'm just going to have eighty Beanie Babies living out in the wild of my house all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, can't have it. Can't, can't have it. Can't, no. That box can't open right now. Um, Should we just take all of them and, like, do professional shoots here in our Super Carlin Brothers, like, YouTube office and, like, mm. try to sell them on eBay and May, just, like... I, we should autograph them with Sharpie on the animal itself. On the animal we itself. We will add the value. We, yes, it's, like, the Super <laughs> By, Carlin Brothers edition Beanie Baby that's Bears. Right. Yes. Exactly. But nobody's getting maple. No, no one's getting maple. <laughs> I'm gonna, Not for anything less than $3,000. Like, I feel like 10 years from now, you're going to, like, we'll, we'll do this whole gag. It'll be hilarious and amazing. We'll become rich and wealthy. You'll come over to my house one day, walk into my bedroom, and in front of all my throw pillows is going to be Maple sitting in front, you know, like uh -huh. on my bed. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's where Maple stays. <laughs> that's where Maple <laughs> Because funny. I it, love Canada. It's funny. <laughs> It's funny to me that years later, like, you still do find, like, a, like if someone, if someone walked up to you, like, imagine I do give you the maple bear back and you, like, put it on your, like, it's just sitting, like, in your living room or something and someone came over and was like, oh my gosh, I could never find this. I will give you $100 for it. I feel like you would still be like, I can't do it. It's so true. It's so true. It's like, no. 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 <laughs> maple? <laughs> <laughs> Which is so weird because like it has existed outside of your life forever. It's like it's not bringing you joy or is it? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Is it bringing you joy just knowing that you have it? Maybe there's like a, a strange like tendril that goes back, you know, like from from like my like the purest kind of nostalgia that exists yeah. inside of me. Yeah. And it goes back to that moment on our bubblegum carpet. Yeah. When we bought it. And it's just like, I can't imagine. I can't. I, it would feel like I would be severing myself from that memory forever. Oh, wow. Wow. What a like vivid picture. I know. Okay. 
I think I'm gonna bring this to the present then. Okay. I think I forgot to finish my Hot Wheels story. And we had a bunch of Hot Wheels that we too assumed were going to be valuable someday as kids. Yeah. For whatever reason. And there's just a box of them. I went down one, like when Luke started getting into them, I opened all of them. No way. Opened all of them. It was amazing. It was the best feeling ever. Yeah, just pure glory. I was just like, oh, these are so worthless. I'm opening all of them. Yeah. It was yeah. great. Anyway, but bring it to the present about okay. like, do you do you get joy just from having a thing, even if you don't, aren't able to really use it or like whatever? Okay. So is that the end of your question? Oh, no, I, was, I have an example. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. So at the moment, we, uh, so a couple, before, before quarantine, you'll recall, I think we talked about it on the pop about the idea of opening like a whole box of booster Pokemon cards. Yes. Yes. And uh, one day I went out as to, uh, and I bought a box and we opened them on the gaming channel. Yes, we did. Which was fun. Uh, after that, I think we found like, we had bought a bunch of Magic the Gathering cards once upon a time in the office. We did. Intending to sell them. We, man, we go down this road a lot. <laughs> I know, I know. Man. We're like, we're like the biggest suckers on the entire planet for the idea of s buying and finding rare things that we can then sell for big fortune. Right. Anyway, uh, that didn't go anywhere, but we were like, you know what? We had fun opening the first box. Let's take all those magic cards, take them down to the card shop. We'll just, just whatever the value is, we'll put it towards a second box. Yeah. And we got like, we got a box, second box of Pokemon cards. And then last week in the mail, someone sent us a third box. A third box. Of just like tons. So this is like, first of all, if someone, if mom and dad had given me a full unopened box of booster Pokemon cards when I was a kid, it would have like, it would have blown my mind. Yes. It would have been the best gift they could have given me. Absolutely. By, by a mile. You I, I mean, mean? <laughs> yeah, like those original Pokemon booster oh. packs, like, yeah. oh, they were so perfect. They were so perfect. But so anyway, upon receiving the third box, it occurred to me that like, man, I've got kind of a lot of cards all of a sudden just laying around. Yeah. So I went through and I was just like, okay, I picked up what looked like the rarest one. I just did like a search for it to see like one, what was worth, of course, <laughs> naturally, <laughs> but this like deck list pops up and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I used to play a lot of like Yu-Gi-Oh. I did some training card game stuff. Yeah. I like playing the Pokemon card games. Like I'm going, I'm going to make this deck. I'm going to make this into a reality in my real adult life. I'm going to own these 60 cards in a stack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. like the hunt begins. The hunt begins. I was already sort of about, you know, maybe you know, 25 out of the 60 there based on what I pulled already. Not bad. Great start. And what I've discovered is that it's really easy to collect cards as an adult because you have money. It, it does. <laughs> yeah. That adds up. Yeah. That adds up. <laughs> that adds up. But it occurs to me that like, as I'm doing it, even though it's like not that much money or anything, but even as I'm spending like $20, like trying to fill out the rest of this deck, I'm like, what am I going to do with it? You know, like what, like once I have the whole deck assembled, what am I going to do with it? It's the chase, Jay. I know it's the chase. It's like, it's like, but it's, at the same time, it's like, cause I have three children. Yeah. Like they're very young. I don't have like free time to go play against other people in the real world. Right. Or anything. I don't even have other people I know who play the game. <laughs> See, okay. You know what I mean? But I like, but the act of getting these things and assembling this has been so much fun. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I get that completely. Like, I think that so frequently in my mind, like I'm, I'm always trying to manipulate circumstances so that there is always as much opportunity as I could possibly want in order to be able to do the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. So like the famous example for me was in college. I really wanted to be able to snowboard whenever I wanted. And yeah. so I attempted to build a snow machine right. using like an air compressor and a bunch of galvanized pipes so that it would like blow water over the yard. Like, yeah, and it water would... vapor and cold, dry air and it would... 
Yeah, and it would freeze it would, on its way down. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, so so like that's I feel like you what you have to do. That's what you have to think about is like, Jay, what is your snow machine here? How do you find a way to ensure that no matter what, you always have a way to play Pokemon cards? Well, the good news is there's an online version which you can play, which is a, the the way you can actually play against other people. That feels like a very non-creative solution to this problem. Well, I it's the problem is that it's not it's not like a direct correlation. It's not like what you got in this pack is what you got in here. Right. So it's not as if you can just like recreate card for card what you have unless you do a lot of trading inside the online system sure. or whatever. Yep. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I am having a whole lot of fun tracking the cards down and assembling them. And like, I have like little packages arriving in the mail and it's like, well, it's so fun. I get to put in like two, two or three more. Right, right, right. And yeah. it's like, and it's like small amounts of money too. So it's like, you can yeah. like, you can collectively spend a hundred dollars, but like spread that out over, you know, 20 individual purchases right and then you have 20 pieces of mail that arrive oh, oh, and oh. it's like there's nothing who doesn't better. love mail who doesn't love mail so, oh also i've had to i've had to go to ebay for some of it and have you been on anything on ebay recently or do you are you an ebay person i i am an ebay person because i like to find rare things like yeah. my my current mickey mouse vans that oh, i'm wearing very fun i got on i got on the old ebs and so typically i i do actually think that i use ebay like some people i think can use ebay like amazon like you could go and just buy things and there's a buy now feature oh and there like, is the buy now feature right yeah. which to me is like it's great under certain occasions where it's like okay i don't want to bid for this i just want to be able to sure that I get it, which is what I did with these shoes. But um, I do feel like typically I am looking for actual collectibles on eBay. Okay. Um, but I would say it is rare that I found myself super engaged in like a bidding war for hmm. something. Okay. Usually I do like the make an offer thing and that tends to work reasonably well for me. Oh, I see. Yes. I see. Yeah. So in my, in my quest for my, my Pokemon cards, I wasn't recently in a bidding war you on were. The eBay. How'd it go? Oh, well it started out and I, fa- I looked it up and the cards in question, I think I think it was about a $55 value, which I was like, I don't really want to spend that much because it was like three cards. Sure. Yeah. But I found it on eBay and it's like, oh, seven bucks. I was like, okay, all right. This seems very reasonable. Yes. No big deal. Then I made I made like a max bid and like quickly came back the next day and hit like up to like 36 bucks. And I was like, oh, okay. But it was still like five days away from ending, which was just torture because every single day I would open it and be like, well, who knows? Who knows? But it was like also really fun every day being like, all right. Gosh, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen. What if someone's like just waiting until the last second? Right. You know, you don't know. And then like you can see, it shows you how many bids have been made. Right. So to me, I realized that like, okay, it's still at 36 and it says 13 bids. If I increase my max bid, it'll then say 14 bids, but the price won't have changed. So if someone's watching, they'll know I have increased my max bid. Oh my and gosh. Means, and that means they'll know they need to bid higher at the last second. You Your know? strategy brain is infuriating. Oh. <laughs> this is why no one can beat you at board games. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I have people to play board games with though. <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Anyway. I don't know. So, but okay. So interesting. So you, you increased your max bid. Oh, well, so this was the, this was my dilemma. I was like, it's been sitting here for like four days and no one has like made any changes on it, but there's been 13 bids. So clearly somebody's watching. Right. It's like, if I change the max bid without the number going up, people are going to know what happened. So I came down to like the last like 30 seconds of it. Finally, the day arrives and I am like, I have indeed increased the max bid. I went for it and I'm just sitting there refreshing like, oh, someone's going to totally do it. And with indeed within the last 15 seconds, some the price did go up. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't have beat my initial max bid either. Okay. Okay. But 
but it did go up. Someone was watching. So I was like, oh, it was like this moment of like, oh, I was so validated. I was almost happy that it did go up, even though I had to pay a little bit more. Right, 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 right. But I was like, oh, oh, that's right. That's, How dare you? <laughs> that is the thing, though. It's such a roller coaster. Like, I feel like these auctions can become so addictive yeah. for this exact reason because you yeah. become so invested. And then the more enjoyment that you've had in the process of purchasing this thing, the more that it also, like, like even validates the spend on it. Because at some point in time, I feel like the movie theater principle comes into effect, yeah. which is this idea that I came up with, I think, when I was, like, 16 or something, mm-hmm. which is basically that, like... um. If you were to go to the movies, you're pretty regularly willing to spend like 10 to $12 for two hours of entertainment, but then you leave and the movie is over. Right. And so it's like, if you can spend 10 to $12 and receive at least two hours worth of entertainment from that 10 to $12, then basically that's like, in my mind, the going rate for that right. amount of of, enter- of entertainment. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so I feel like from your perspective, you know, you start looking at this and it's like, it's something you're thinking about. It's something that makes you excited. It's something you're checking into. Ultimately, you won. It's like oh, all of those. Oh, lost? Oh, oh, crushing disappointment. Actually, you would never want to bid against me and it's something like this because when I do bid on eBay, I sort my auctions ending soonest yeah. and I will typically, I will not make a move or let any amount of my card show until the very last second. Oh, I see. And so I would be sitting there and like, I will like wait to even make my first bid for there to be like 20 seconds left. So then are you, the problem is you're probably spending more money though. Cause then it means when you go to bid, you have to try and make sure you're definitely going to beat their max bid. True, true. And I think that that's where- Which is an unknown variable. It is. And I think that I have the advantage of not having had the day's worth of commitment to like tuning mm-hmm. into it where like basically I have like my predetermined like if it goes over $30, then it's just it's it is beyond the value that I was willing to pay for it anyway. But then why not make that the hidden max bid just from, from, the, from the start from the start to put the burden on someone else to outguess you? Well, I suppose because if if you have that max bid set and they start bidding, then you will auto outbid them over and over, yeah. which means like if it's at $7 from the beginning, my hope would almost be to allow the person who has the max bid at $7 to think they have it at $7 for as long as possible. And then I guess my argument would be that by coming in at the last second, if I could just bid like more like $20 all of a sudden, then then that would win. Does that make sense? Not if their max bid is 30. Well, if their max bid is 30, yeah. I guess. But then, I, I, yeah, I guess you don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So you're, you're, a, you're a last second show up at the table and I'm like a front runner person. Like I, I want to be in command the whole time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I think that's exactly right. Interesting. Yeah. We have uh, opposing styles of bidding. Yes. Which but is it, interesting because often you and I will go to nonprofit events and there will be auctions and we will be like bidding on stuff together. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it is really interesting. This is, I feel like you and I, like, so we go, our, our parents are, like, pretty involved with, it seems like such a myriad of, like, nonprofit mm-hmm. things. And so, very frequently, we they're like, hey, will you guys come to our event? And I think it's because at this point, they're like, because you guys will bid on stuff and it's fun to watch. I, I think they're using us for entertainment value. But usually, yeah, you and I have, like, a strategy walking into, it's like, okay, how, how, how are we going to go here? But I will say, the thing that I think we have provided to the Roanoke Valley is that we 
have bid some stuff up mm-hmm. in a way that has made it so that we didn't win, but someone else paid more for it. That, I mean, that's the. I mean, that's what they want to happen, of course. That is what they want to happen. Yeah. And I think with the exception of my trip to Africa, which I put the minimum bid on and then won, mm. I, th- I think that we, yeah, we've, we've, we've done some good. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe, I, maybe I'm just patting myself on the back for no reason, but. I, no, no, no. Moral of the story, auctions are a blast. Auctions hey, are fun. Okay, so I need to tell you about my first ever auction experience while we're discussing because okay. this is a Ben Carlin childhood memory that just like s- was so miserable. Okay, I, let me just say, that in case anyone's curious, the card I was uh, bidding on was called, it was a secret rare Dragapult v max in case people are just like why didn't you tell us what it was i gotta know uh, yeah i guess i've been teasing you or something that's the card that was the card in question okay okay is it gorgeous yeah. oh it well it was it was three so there's the secret rare one which is this awesome full art rainbow thing then there was a second one that was not secret rare and then a third one which was like just the v not the v max okay so that I, one was only worth like five the other two were worth about 20 and 30 i wish we were closer to christmas so that i could start attempting to find Christmas gifts for you because mm-hmm. I feel like it would just be so much fun to just go and find like all these little things and just be like oh yes ben, there's no there's no, re- there's no need to wait one of my love languages is gift giving uh at least in the way that I give love so mm-hmm. yeah I feel mm-hmm. like I this this your your interest in Pokemon fuels me excellent yes excellent yes so anyway what was your first auction my first auction experience yeah oh, let me go back so I think it was in fourth or fifth grade mm-hmm. we had the accelerated reader program okay do you remember that like where yeah. you would go to the library you would like pick a book and you would you would read it and you could take a quiz on the book to like prove that you retained knowledge from it and then based on the the difficulty of the book and how many answers you got correct you were awarded like a certain value of points that you could then like store i guess like they would keep track of Mm -hmm. so you would like the teachers i think would be able to to determine who was reading a lot of books based on like whatever your score was or so they would think why do you say that Uh, well this is not something i invented but there was a one of, one of my friends in class who we also had the accelerator reader program uh, realized that there was no penalty against your point total for like failing a quiz or something. Oh, interesting. You know, like you could, it wasn't like, oh, like, so he would just go on there and find, he would take like 20 quizzes on books that he, he had never read. Never read and never intended to read, knew he would never read. So he'd get like three out of four correct right, or three yeah, out of 10 yeah, correct. And right. Then... You get, you just like nickel and diming the score. Yeah. You just, you just, you can guess 25%. Yeah. Right. So that's what he would do. And sure enough, his, sc- you know, it would, it didn't matter that he was failing because the goal was the overall point total. The, the point total. The point total is all that matter, not the success rate, not the pass rate or anything. Oh my gosh. So yeah. So that, that was his strategy. And uh, yeah, pretty much always had the highest point total in the class <laughs> wow i know well sneaky right that though? is sneaky it's really it's like part of me's like what a cheater and also kind of just like that was really creative for like a fourth grader i know yeah yeah, yeah. To be like you know what i can do here right i can beat the system no one's yeah no one's checking if you read the book right right yeah. oh my god that's fascinating yeah well anyway so they would it seemed like year after year as a pretty consistent idea they would have methods of attempting to get you to read more books right. and then take more quizzes mm-hmm. and then there was like awards so i think like one year they had this thing where you got to like fill up your like bar on like the the door to the classroom or something and it was like once you hit 10 points you got to fill up to 10 and then that meant you got to go to this like accelerated reading 
reader sponsored day of fun in the sun or whatever. And however many points you got allowed you to go like one hour earlier or something. So right. if you hit like 50 points, then you got to go do the whole day. Oh, I know. Amazing. Totally went the whole day. No problem. But by my fourth or fifth grade year, they had invented this idea to do an auction. Yeah. And so basically the number of points that you earned was your currency that you were able to then go to like a like a rec center somewhere with kids from all over who also had earned points. I see. And they like parents and stuff were like offering prizes and you know you could you could then like bid using your points on right. like a like a like a boom box or something like that. You know, right. they had varying degrees of awesome quality. Awesome third grade prizes. Awesome awesome third grade prizes. Yeah. Nothing nothing uh super spectacular, but like some of the stuff was pretty cool. But our school for whatever reason, it's like there was no regulation as to how much these like books were worth. So I had read like 35 books or something, which had scored me just enough to go to the event, which was 75 points. Okay. Actually, I think my, my total ended up being like 84 or something like that. Okay. How many I had. Well, so I, I just barely that. tipped the scale. I was the only kid from my school who got to go. The only, in the whole school? In the whole school. Wow. So you're the top reader in the school. Top reader in the school. And you're thinking, wow, what is it going to be like? Five kids here from other schools? Yeah. No, tons of kids. Right. We get there. And what I learned is that like, for whatever reason, our school system was awarding me like one to two points like per book. Right. Like pretty modest. And then I get there and like they didn't they didn't even have the Harry Potter books at all. They were not listed it as like quizzable books you could take. Sure. So I get there and kids from all these other schools were able to take all of the Harry Potter books that were available, which I think was up to Goblet of Fire. And they were worth like 40 points a piece. Whoa. Because they were like considered like big reads. Yeah. Like, you know, because they're like these meaty books and stuff. So as a kid, I had already read the Harry Potter books like five, six times a Mm -hmm. piece or something. Like, you know, I was was so into them. Yeah. But so these kids were showing up and they were having like, you know, 200 to 400 points. Right. And I had my measly 84. Four. Right. And so I remember like, you know, there was like, I was like, I, they got there and I had no idea that this was the case. So like they they let you like walk through this like little outdoor picnic pavilion where they have all the prizes set up and you know, like you get to sort of like choose like what you're going to bid on mm-hmm. and stuff. And they start going through the process. And I, so, you know, like a stereo goes up and I immediately, I'm like, Oh, like I'll bid on that. And then it gets bid to like 370 points or something. It's oh, like, like oh. it's like, man, I had no, sh- no shot. Like, wow. How many could read like 150 books? Yeah. Yeah. And so our dad, again, local TV news anchor, had signed like a like Channel 10 ball cap. Okay. And so it was like a white Channel 10 ball cap that had like a John Carlin signature or whatever, which, you know, most fourth graders are not super privy to who that is. Right. They don't care about the news. Right. Yeah. So it gets I think I think it's like the second to last item. I haven't been able to afford anything yet. And I end up buying dad's hat. (laughs) Oh, no. That is the worst. <laughs> uh, oh no! I think it oh, went for no. forty points, and, <laughs> and and then I just couldn't. I couldn't even spend the rest of them. the The final item was a die cast NASCAR, like you know, like a I don't know, like a car, a yeah. car, yeah. yeah, like a model and, car. And that was that was the last thing, and I couldn't afford it with my remaining, you know, forty three points or oh whatever I had left. So you're the top reader of the school, and you show up to this district wide auction, and the only thing you can afford is a hat signed by your own dad. <laughs> exactly correct that is gotta be the worst feeling it was it was like i could not believe it i could not like i was like i need to talk to somebody because clearly there's been a mistake like 
there's no way so many of these other kids, like I had read a ton of books. Like I was highly motivated by this prospect. Right. And so I was like, I remember I was like asking for like special notes to go to the library so I could check out bigger books. I was like going like a reading level above like whatever I was mm-hmm. supposed to be reading because that was worth two points yeah, instead like, of like one point. Like the system was working on you. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, I was, I was trying so hard and all I got and out reading of the Harry Potter books over simultaneously simultaneously for funds yeah so I, i'm like i look back on this period of time in my life and i'm like man i was like so duped you it just sounds like man yeah like the the value of the currency at your school just wasn't as much wasn't as good how could it not be the same this is how, how could it not be the same that is that is like they're like you're like leaving like, well, this is a lesson in economics. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, well, 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 I'm in fifth grade and I read a bunch of books. So give me a boot box. <laughs> <laughs> please. please. But please. That's all I wanted was a boom box. Oh my gosh. It's, um, like, it's like you were the best like soccer player in third grade and you showed up and you're like, I'm I'm so proud to represent my team, and it turns out we're playing against the Varsity High Schoolers. <laughs> it's just like, well, well, okay. Like I got knocked out a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was just it it was so so disappointing, and I don't know why it happened. I feel like th- this was like a running trend of things that seemed to happen to me. And you had some bad, you had some weird experiences with your elementary school life. I did. It was yeah. like. It was like this thing. This is, I have always believed that I'm like on the Truman Show, which is like the the, the Jim Carrey movie where yeah. he is like the center of everything and like everybody right. is like creating this like universe around him and stuff yeah. and they're all actors. You think they're all really happy that you opted to do an on-camera job and like set up some of the cameras for them? Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah right. It's like, like, gosh, how perfect. This makes it so much easier. <laughs> like, wow, he's, he's sitting down for us. I feel so bad for all the people who are just tuned in watching us record right now, like yeah. just cameras obviously on me they have to watch our entire episode and then in order to have download data show up other people also have to listen to the podcast it's like how do you listen to this right oh man gosh must be so frustrating what i like to imagine when i imagine myself as the star of the truman show yeah is like hmm i bet i would have to imagine that if something like the truman show existed which is almost feels like we're like years away from really happening to someone unfortunately uh that what would really drive all of the like what the truman show would do in the movie is like every now and then the characters would be like this product and they would do like a ad read to camera right 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 right, yeah yeah which you also do for them without noticing (sighs) man crazy that's the reason they let me become a youtuber that's right it's like like we, we can literally make ben do the advertisements how funny is that right exactly like who better like it's great it's great when like the other characters do the ad reads but like for ben the main guy to do them wow how smart were we to figure this out anyway well i don't think i don't think what would really fund the show is the advertising i think what would fund the show is the gambling and there would be like odds on what you were going to do every day based on like all right what's he gonna do like what what are the odds ben brings his coffee to work in his car like what are the odds ben leaves his coffee in his car today and people like man boy he leaves it in there every single day oh my gosh it's the day the day he does it it's like Uh. i'm feeling lucky i'm i'm you know what he's bringing it he's bringing it he's leaving it at the office i'm going for the first the second and the third this is this is this thing though that i imagine so that like i i want 
to exist sometimes like where it's it's like someone somewhere has kept all the stats on everyone so it's like it's like man i feel like i take out the trash way more than everyone else and it's like i wish i could call it up and be like hey who takes out the trash the most and it's oh. like it's yeah. like, you have taken it out 37 times more than the next person. And it's like, I knew it. Ah. Or like, what would you do if you like pulled it up and it's like, whoa, I don't take out the trash nearly enough. Oh man, you know what would either highly motivate you or highly demotivate you then is a Peloton bike. Oh really? Oh yeah. Because you can, whatever workout you do, you can optionally turn on the leaderboard and it will show you in real time where you stack up against everyone who has ever done that ride. Oh my the, gosh. On the app. So you could like, gone are the days where you're sitting there on the stationary bike thinking to yourself like, man, I am, whew, I'm so good at the stationary bike. Like, no one, man, I wish I knew how how other people performed. The, the answer is there. The answer is the there. The answer is there. And I have news for you. You are not even close to the top. <laughs> oh no. Now, I mean, I it's... I can only, I mean, I think I do, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with my spots that I land. I, to me, it's very motivating. I'm always like, I gotta, you, cause you, cause if it's like, you know, 20,000 people who've done the workout or something, if you're like in the 5,000, it's like, yeah, this is really great. Not bad. Not feeling too bad at all. And you can like, you know, then if you like put in an extra, you know, effort for 30 seconds, you can like see yourself climb oh, from 50, the 5,400s to the 5,100s. Oh, wow. You know, it's like, oh, this is like, oh, this is fun. Can I break 5,000? I don't know. It's something to work for. Something to work for. Let's something do it. Work. Yeah. It's very, very motivating. But I, you know, I think if you're if you're like more toward i don't know how it would feel if you were like feeling like i'm going so hard and then you like turn on the leaderboard and you're like oh god i'm in like the 19,000s. like mm, that could be rough oh could be i feel like i have to turn that off <laughs> i know yeah that would yeah. be it's like i don't need i don't need that information in my life i don't need, I don't need that information I don't need yeah. to know. no that's really interesting that is really interesting but th this is the exact thing though going back to the truman show is i think my, my critical flaw as a human being must be fear that i will acquire overconfidence that's what i that's what i'm forced to believe that's what you're forced to believe that's what i'm forced to believe and so they can't they can like let me feel special by being the top reader in my school right but they can't let me feel special enough to think i'm the best reader in the district ah you know right and and that's like that's what it comes down to and this is this right. is exactly it so if i got a peloton bike jay no matter what my goal was it would be like as, as soon as i got close to it as soon as i got close they would be like wow there was an import error and we didn't include twenty thousand other cyclists yeah. <laughs> turns, turns out you were you were close to top 1000 you are now unfortunately in the top ten thousand. um yeah. but great work great work great work we're so Still proud of you calories yeah you know yeah what it's all about this was this was the case the very first half marathon i ever ran yeah uh was the rock and roll half marathon in virginia beach mm -hmm. i was i think 13 okay and uh it was this you know you were actually supposed to do it with me i was why didn't you i had some sort of surgery that i was recovering from oh man was unable to run shucks darn yes well um i do remember that now um but I, I remember there was like this really big thing where I, uh, there was like 19,000 people in the race or something. So legitimately going into it, I was like, there's no way I'll place. Like, this is like, <laughs> yeah, that's laughable. Like, you know, we would do like local 5Ks and I wouldn't even be in the top three of my age group or whatever. Like, it, yeah. it, it wasn't like I was, you know, positioned for, for that or whatever. But I put a ton of effort into training. You and I both did. We were out doing like, you know, I think we got up to like a 10 mile run with dad before we actually did the half marathon. I, I like, I got there and I remember like our big goal was to run an eight minute pace the whole time. Time, which yeah. would land you at an hour and 45 minutes they have like this little guy that like runs with like a stick and yeah. he's like trained he's like really good at running like right. specifically an hour and 45 minutes exactly he's um, gonna hit that mark it's actually I, I it has always to me been like one of the coolest things that big races do is that yeah. they supply people who literally tell you like if you run next to me you will run a two-hour half marathon right and it's like i and will that, keep the pace and then someone's
someone's so good at running that like speed that they can yeah. do it. I love it. Love it. Anyway, so I finished the race and it was kind of like, you know, they give you your medal anyway, which is really cool. And that's like one of the fun, like most fun parts about doing one of these races. Yeah. Turns out, though, that I came, I think my finishing time was like an hour and 44 minutes, like 45 seconds. So just, just came under and I came in fourth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. In my age group. And I was like... No! no why couldn't i have finished 50th or something i know and the 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 kid who beat me beat me by like nothing either oh, like so I he think, was like, like there like i couldn't fly, like visibly he him. was in my like yeah oh like, no <clears throat> well maybe not because the way those races start it's tiered it's tiered so right. yeah yeah could he could have finished you know 10 minutes after you and one second ahead of you right right yeah this will this is gonna have to be like the the other new segment you know that we invent and never follow up on yeah is um is times ben almost was remarkable (laughs) welcome to the ben's tragic life You already know because you've been watching it unfold my whole life. Yeah. If someone out there is able to let me know if that's true, just leave me a message. Yeah. You know? And just let, also make sure you let Ben know that you have taken out the garbage like a thousand more times than him. Please, uh, just let me know. How many times have you done it? More than me? For sure. Is garbage, garbage is one of the things I do at our house. Oh yeah. 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 There's, there is a TikTok right now going around that I, is, is so spot on, uh, but it is like uh, someone's significant other is like, hey, would you mind taking out the trash? And the other person's like, yeah, just one second. And then like they literally take one second and then the other person's in the kitchen like shaking the bag being like, I'll just do it myself. Except usually I like they like Ali will say that and then I'll like stop what I'm doing promptly and go and take out the trash. But it's one of those that hits home so hard. Okay. I'm like, oh, I get that so, so much. <laughs> Never yeah. enough patience. But you're you're the trash taker outer. I'm, I'm the trash man. The, tra- the trash man. The trash man. I what feel a, like what an honor. I mean, when you have all the babies, I feel like we go through it a bunch. I don't know. Are you good about putting your trash can out on trash pickup day? Well, I have two reasons for not being good at it. Oh. One is that uh, when we were kids, it was really perfect that trash day was Monday. And so it was like you and I, like on Sunday night, as like part of the weekend winding down, mom and dad would be like, all right, Ben and Jonathan, go empty all the trash cans around the house. I remember that. Which it, yeah, so you and I, every single week, would go and do this, and then we'd drive the cans up to the road. So, and it felt like very perfect, like not like the, the week is over, this week's trash is gone. Yes. Right. Agreed. So uh, the trash pickup day at my house now, though, is Tuesday instead of Monday. You're kidding me. Oh, Yes. The and audacity. So, I know. So like if it was Monday, I feel like I could I'd be like the week is starting, time to rag it down there or like or or it could be the same thing, Sunday night, time to take them down. Easy. But like Tuesday, like there's no there's no mental like tick in my head that's like oh yeah this is a good day to bring the trash down that like completes a cycle like tuesday is not the end or the beginning of any cycle oh yeah you no. know what i mean heard terrible heard. so that's a problem that's one thing is that i'm like mentally ingrained to trash being done at the end of the week uh and then also i couldn't even tell you what trash pickup day was at my last house because we had an alley so the trash oh. can would just sit in where its, they pick it up. In its location. And I would just, anytime I had to bring the trash out, I'd just bring the bag out, bag out to the trash can, and every now and then it'd be empty again, so. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, so all of a sudden I'm having to remember it after spending uh, a good many adult years and not having to think about it at all. Never thinking about it, yeah. yeah. No, I, I have the, the exact same problem. It always baffles me. I, I like, we'll go outside and it'll be Thursday morning for me, and all of my neighbors will have theirs out, and I'm like, 
all of you remember. But they do. But they do all the time. Yeah. And then like at the beginning of the year, they send you like a little flyer in the mail that tells you like, hey, these are the weeks that like have a holiday. So like it'll either be a day earlier or a day later. Yeah. They all also pay attention to that little flyer. Oh, I just put it out on the same day every week. And with, for two days sometimes. With, <laughs> a, with an 80% success rate. There you go. Anyway, I feel like we've had a fantastic, fantastic week of the pop. Oh, me too. Thank you to everybody for tuning in this week. If you have any quality feedback you want to send our way about any of our various topics today, what do we cover? Beanie Babies? Beanie Babies, eBay, Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards, whether or not I'm on the Truman Show, whether or not you ever took accelerated reader exams. How you cheated on the accelerated reader exams. Whether or not the Harry Potter books were available on the accelerated reader exams, and whether or not you went to that auction with me in Rocky Mountain, Virginia, and you got to win the boom box because honestly i would still want it to this day <laughs> like mail it to me mail it to me i need it for need it. i need the validation that i read right. enough books yeah uh you can email any of your thoughts or feedback to popcornculturepod at gmail.com otherwise guys until next week bye. pop pop <laughs>